I'm Sam Carter. And I'm Dean Lowry. This is Carter and Lowry. Let's get started. Uh, welcome to week six of the Carter and Larry podcast. Uh, happy December and uh, happy holidays. Uh, we had a lot going on in the sports world this week, and uh, December is definitely going to be a busy month. But as always, we're going to start off with college football. Sam, what was the deal with Clemson this week? Well, it was a big win against Pitt, and um, it felt good to get Trevor Lawrence back, and he was doing good. Per usual, with 403 pass yards and two touchdowns. So, I mean, I think we're looking pretty good going into Virginia Tech and then into the offseason. Um, uh, obviously, a huge game to get him back in. And the real question I have for you is, is if Trevor Lawrence was to declare for the draft, this would be his last game at Death Valley. Do you think he's going to declare yeah. this year, or do you think he's going to hold off? Um, I think it really depends on who gets the number one pick, which it looks like it's going to be the Jets, and it who and who wins the national championship. So I think if we win the national championship, then he would obviously go pro this year. But if we lose or don't make it, then I'm not sure. All right. Uh, yeah, UNC also had a huge game uh, playing against number two Notre Dame at home. And, but, the, however, they left. They lost 31-17. Uh, to 17. Um, A little bit disappointing for the offense. I did not think that our offense was going to be the problem. Um, I mean – just kind of after the first half, we were tied 17-17. The air just kind of went out of the offense. No points in the second half, but uh, mm. we could still uh, have a nice bow on the season. If we Next week we're going uh, playing against Western Carolina, then Miami. So finishing at 8-3 and getting into a solid bowl game would be a nice consolation prize. But overall, it's been a bit of a disappointing season considering the talent we had on our team. But um, yeah. I think Mac Brown is slowly – transforming this into a uh, a pretty solid football team in the ACC and will compete for years to come. But uh, we have a special guest this week, Miles Harp, and we're going to be calling him right now. Hello, can you guys hear me? Yes, we can. Uh, Miles, how's it going? Um, I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Uh, I'm doing all right. Um, we wanted to ask you what you thought about, I mean, obviously the college football playoff coming up very soon, what you thought about each of these teams, what they need to do to get into the playoff. And first off, the number one team in the country, Alabama. Uh, just win the SEC. I think they could take a loss to Texas a If they don't win the SEC, they just have nothing. And uh, Well, no, I think... If, they, if they, they have to win the SEC, or they can lose the SEC championship, but they can't lose to Florida in the regular season. If they lose to Florida, they'll – yeah, if they lose to Florida, definitely. 
but they'd have to lose to Florida and then lose in the SEC. But yeah, as long as they either beat Florida or Texas A&M, which I don't, they might have played Texas A&M, I'm not sure. But as long as they win SEC or the Florida game, I think they're good. All right, uh, next up, Notre Dame. Uh, I think Notre Dame has pretty much got it already. Even if they lose to Clemson, um, I think they'll still have it unless they get blasted by Clemson, which I just don't see happening realistically. I think Notre Dame is the most balanced team in the country. All right, uh, the number three team, Clemson. Uh, Clemson, again, they'd have to blast Notre Dame. They have to win out in good fashion. I think the committee is going to look at it and say that Trevor Lawrence didn't play against Notre Dame. So I think they'll give them that, but... Uh, or the first time they played in their game, but when when they get together in the ACC championship, um, they'll have to blast them, or I don't think they're, they're going to get in there. All right, uh, the number four team coming out of the Big Ten, Ohio State. Uh, I think Ohio State has to win the Big Ten. The only problem is I don't think they're going to make the Big Ten championship because I'm pretty sure you have to play five or six games to be eligible. Right. And they've played four, and both of their games are about to get canceled, I'm pretty sure, because of COVID. So I don't even think they have a shot at this point, unless that those both of those two games get played. All right, uh, number five, Texas A&M. Uh, Texas A&M, they'd have to – I don't know if they played Alabama yet, but if they have, they – I don't think they can. I think they'll have to – or they'll have to get really lucky, and a lot of things will have to happen for them. Uh, Clemson will have to lose – or Notre Dame will have to lose to Clemson in a close game. They'll have to blast several in the rest of the regular season, and I just don't see that happening realistically. They, they do have to head-to-head on Florida, though, so. Yep. Uh, obviously, that next team up is Florida, so what do you think they have to do to get in? Uh, I just think they have to win out when the SEC. They cannot take another loss. They lost Texas A&M, as I just said. Uh, they, yeah, they'll have to win the SEC and win out for any realistic. I think, yeah, definitely they'll have to win the SEC. And a uh, little bit of the underdog coming out of a uh, non-Power Five conference is Cincinnati. Do they have any shot? Uh, I think the only shot they have is that they're. I think they do. It's just slim, very slim, because Clemson will have to win a close game. Ohio State will have to not be eligible. Uh, Florida will have to lose again. Texas A&M will have to lose again, which one of those will happen, but not guaranteed both. And then at that point, we have, what, three two-loss teams in the top five? I don't just see I don't see it happening. All right, uh, Miles, uh, thank you for your time, and thanks for coming on. Yeah, of course. I'll see you later. All right, uh, Sam, you got anything else to add for college football? Nope. All right, uh, that's going to do it for our college football segment. Coming up next, we got a whole lot to cover for the NFL. Welcome back to Carter and Lowry, uh, our NFL segment. And um, it was not good for the Panthers this week, uh, falling to 4-8 and eight with a 27-28 to 28 loss to the Vikings on a last-second missed field goal by Joey Sly. Now, it was from, I think, 56 yards, so, I mean, we've got to cut him from slack here. But you also had a blocked field goal, and uh, that kind of defined the game. But uh, some uh, high note for the Panthers this game was Jeremy Chin, which uh, I normally don't give stats for defensive players in football, but seven tackles, two forced fumbles, and two touchdowns, and he had touchdowns. Defensive touchdowns on back-to-back plays, which is the first time that has happened since I think nineteen like eighty-nine. So um, yeah. that's pretty impressive for him. But overall, the offense really wasn't clicking, and those two defensive touchdowns kind of made it. I feel like a little closer than it seemed, and uh, 
really a tough loss because if we had won that game, we would have been only one game out of the playoffs. And now, it, it, I don't know. Maybe it was better to get a draft pick. But for a moment, I really thought that we were going to be in this playoff race. Mm-hmm. And now um, it looks like our season is going to be over. But uh, next week, we got to buy. And then we're going to head. Uh, we're going to play Denver, who currently does not have a quarterback, and uh, that did not go well <laughs> last week against the Saints. Uh, Sam, any uh, new developments for the Steelers? So the Steelers and the Ravens postponed again to Wednesday, and it's just like, just at this point, play the game, and those players that are sick, just have them not play the game. I mean, it. I just think it's that simple, but um, it's kind of sad. Yeah, obviously. I mean, this was a huge matchup, easily the best Thanksgiving matchup, and I mean, playoff implications. The Ravens on the outside looking in right now, so really tough to see the league go this way. But I mean, they got to do what they got to do, and um, hopefully, they can complete that game on uh, Wednesday. So, Sam, tell us a little bit about the AFC playoff picture as it stands right now. Well, obviously, the Steelers are the one seed because we're obviously undefeated. But then the Chiefs second, Titans third, Bills fourth, Browns fifth, and Dolphins, surprisingly, sixth, and then the Colts seventh. So... All right. Uh, over in the NFC, the Saints uh, obviously dominating the Broncos last week, and they hold on to the one seed. The Rams are currently leading the NFC West. I think they beat the Seahawks in the one meeting they have, but I think they still have another one. The Packers leading the NFC North. The Giants currently mm-hmm. leading the NFC East. As of the time of this recording, we did not know what's going to happen in the Eagles-Seahawks game. The Seahawks have the five seed. The Buccaneers have the six seed, and the Cardinals have the seventh seed, sitting at six and six, which that means the Panthers would have been five and seven, one game back. But uh, do you remember they expanded to seven teams this year? And with these COVID restrictions, Sam, you think moving to an eight-team playoff format would be a good or a bad thing? Um. I gotta think it's a bad thing because that's just more teams f- for the virus to spread and yeah. But we'll see. Yeah, uh, the NFL was potentially talking about doing a bubble for the playoffs, but uh, hmm. a lot of things uh, to be seen as the NFL uh, keeps trying to make moves to get their season completed. But the one thing that is always going to stay the same every week is our NFC East game where we had some big developments last week with the Washington football team obviously defeating the Dallas Cowboys. I put my faith in them, and that kind of backfired on me. So this week I'm going to pick the tied for division leader, the New York Giants. Hmm. Sam, who do you have? Um, I think I'm going to have to go with the Giants too just because they're leading right now. And it looks pretty good for them. So, yeah, the Giants. I mean, all of these teams, considering this, a lot of these teams still have to play their NFC West games. And I mean, 
that division is just looking so good right now. The Giants, they have they're going to Seattle. And then they have to come home and play Arizona. I mean, it's just it's a tough stretch for all these teams considering I mean they're just so bad and the divisions they're playing are so good. Yeah. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I think that six wins will be the winning. I think six wins will get it done because I mean New York, the only they played the NFC West, and I think they play maybe the Steelers one time, but they only have one more game inside of their own division. So they're going to have to win a game against two of the toughest divisions in football right now. So, I mean, they, we both picked them as our top dogs. So I just don't know if any team can get to seven wins realistically, but uh, Sam, you got anything else to add for the NFL? Nope. All right, uh, coming up next, we're going to give you a little breakdown for college basketball this week. All right, welcome back to Carter and Lowry. The, for the first time, the regular season of the college basketball is here. The college basketball segment is also here. And the Tar Heels, they did off in a great way this week, picking up two wins. First against the College of Charleston, 79-60 to 60 and on Wednesday. And next, a 78 to 51 win against UNLV on Monday. They were down at one point 13 to zero at the beginning of the game against UNLV, but came back in a big way. Um, some some of the stats to get the the players on this UNC team. Caleb Love had 17 points in that first game, and Dayron Sharp off the bench had a double double, and Armando Bacot almost a double double in that first game. Then R.J. Davis, Armando Bacot, and Garrison Brooks all had about six rebounds and about 14 points in that second game. Uh, Sam, what was going on around the ACC this week? Well, so number four, Virginia, lost to unranked San Francisco by one. That was a pretty thrilling game. And yep. mm-hmm. Duke, obviously undefeated, the number six team in the country. North Carolina, as we just talked about, also undefeated, number 14 in the nation. Now Virginia, who just lost, um, is now number 15 behind Carolina. Virginia Tech, 3-0, who just upset number 3 Villanova, is now number 16. And Florida State, who's yet to play a game, is number 22 in the country. So, yeah, um, huge win for Virginia Tech. They're now three and zero. That win coming in overtime against Villanova. But uh, our debate question for this week: uh, UNC. Some analysts on ESPN have said that UNC has one of the best front courts in the nation with guys like Armando Baycott, um, Garrison Brooks, uh, Dayron Sharp, all guys that can score um, at least double digits. We, be, we believe they can average double digits throughout the season. But you have guys in young freshmen like RJ Davis and Caleb Love who can score double digits. So, Sam, even with the best uh, front court in the nation, as some people have said, um, and UNC a team known for rebounding, do they really need those guards to score in double digits? Or is it a matter of just getting the front court as many points as possible? 
Well, I don't. I wouldn't say that you need the guys in the back court to have great games every game, especially with big guys down low. But again, this is against like yeah, obviously uh, you. This is against like College of Charleston and UNLV, so it's not real tough teams that we're seeing them up against. But yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, and uh, UNC will finish the Maui Classic on Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, Tuesday night, tonight, they'll be playing Stanford, and then they'll either be playing Texas or Indiana on Wednesday night. But uh, coming up, a huge game. I think it is next Tuesday where they're going to play against number three Iowa, who has arguably the best center in the nation. It's, I mean, it's just going to be a tough test. But I mean, it was good to pick up those first two wins, and uh, I'm excited for the season. How about you, Sam? Yeah, it's. I'm glad to have college basketball. All right, uh, that's just going to about do it for our college basketball segment. Coming up next, our breakdown for the NBA. All right, uh, welcome back to Carter and Lowry into our NBA segment. Some huge news for the Hornets this week. Finally confirming the Gordon Hayward sign-and-trade. Officially, we're sending out Nicholas Batum, and in exchange for Gordon Hayward, we're going to be giving up a future second-round pick, and we get Gordon Hayward and two um, second-round picks in the future. But uh, this is all to make cap space so Gordon Hayward could fit under the salary cap for the NBA. But other big news for the Hornets uh, this week was the four preseason games uh, have been announced. Uh, we play on the tw- December 12th, 15th, 17th, and 19th. Two games against the Raptors at home and two games against the Magic in Orlando. And key to note this year, because of the travel restrictions between the United States and Canada, the Raptors are playing in Tampa this year, but I doubt they'll permanently move there just because of how uh, loyal the Toronto fans are. Yeah. But the two Raptors games will be broadcast on Fox Sports Southeast. I think both those games are going to be at 7 o'clock. So that is the 12th and the 15th preseason games to get a first look at LaMelo Ball and Gordon Hayward. Uh, some other news around the league. Anthony Davis has still yet to sign with the Los Angeles Lakers. He was going to be re-signing his contract, but he has decided to wait to figure out the entire um, Lakers free agency situation. And Giannis has yet to sign his extension with the Bucks, And so with this, he is until the start of the season to sign an extension for his contract. But if he doesn't sign it, he still has one more year left with the Bucks. And then if he, he chooses not to sign, he'll become an unrestricted free agent. And people have theorized that he would be potentially be able to go to the Lakers next year to team up with Anthony Davis and LeBron James. And that's going to bring us right into our debate is, is the league could potentially block this as the uh, commissioner has power to block signings and trades. And Sam, I want to bring you in on this. Should leagues, any sports leagues, be able to block signings and trades that they feel that they are unfair or an exploitation of uh, free agency. Yeah, I think that it should be allowed, and I think that they ought to do that because it's just like the draft lottery, like how they prevent teams from tanking to get certain players in the draft. So I think 
creating a super team would just be I mean, you didn't you've never seen that in the past. So right. I just think that I mean Right. Well, I mean obviously the NBA is a business and they I mean things have to stay competitive and I mean just having yeah. one team win every game it just isn't fun the spirit of competitions and uh superstars taking huge pay cuts in order to uh team up with other superstars is just not really in the spirit of the league but uh, that yeah. brings in the other debate of how much of a should players have the choice to settle their terms of where they work because normally in, in almost every other job you can choose where you work freely but in sports leagues, you know, you're bound to contracts. But, I mean, in the NBA, players have the most freedom with unrestricted free agency and guaranteed money. So, Sam, do you think that players should have more power or less power uh, compared to the league? Um, I don't know. That's kind of a tough question. But I think the league should have more power because, like I said, it just prevents – Uh, like super teams I mean it's just ridiculous to have Giannis LeBron and 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 AD on the same team right well um, obviously this has been uh, Shaq and Charles Barkley have talked about this before Uh, fans often talk about loyalty to a team and should that really matter like do they owe anything to the fans of a particular team or is it just their right to try to win as many championships as possible or make as much money as possible? So that's an interesting debate, but um, tell us what you think uh, on our Instagram at Carter underscore and underscore Lowry. Uh, We obviously did uh, one poll this week asking, do you think that college football will finish the season? But, um, yeah, make sure you follow that so you can stay up to date and potentially get a shout-out. Uh, Sam, you got anything, anything else to add? Nope. All right, that's going to do it for uh, week six of Carter and Lowry. Uh, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of Carter and Lowry. This episode featured Miles Harb. You can follow him at Miles Harb on Instagram. All lowercase. Special thanks to our listeners and our producer, Buzzsprout.